0: This week's Devil the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxton, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining me the show this week, as I vote. we have Paul Wyssar. Right, Paul.
1: Hey Rob. You okay?
0: How's your week been, mate?
1: Yeah, very good. Very good. Pretty busy, uh, but looking forward to, uh, to the rugby league starting. Well, tomorrow night, Thursday night. I'm looking forward to listening to the Warrington and Wigan game on the radio, then going to St. Helens watching our game, mate. It's, uh, it's been a long time coming this season, so I'm, I'm very excited for it.
0: Yeah, my uh, my week's been fantastic, Paul. My fitness regime is is doing really well. Lost seven pounds this month. Slim Jim, me now.
1: I've lost more than seven pounds on my betting. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh no, yeah, you're doing very well, mate. I've seen your uh, your training regime there and your uh, sweaty t-shirts in the gym. Yeah, <laughs> not oh, looking oh, good, mate. Looking good.
0: If you don't take, a, you're not taking a picture. Part doesn't count. That's what that's what I, that's what I say.
1: Yeah, yeah. I never take any. I would not I never take any phone in Jim. So I never take any photos, But I've started taking some of my training.
0: You should do. You should do. Obviously, that that'd be you know you with epoxy gloves on and your helmet on and that that'd be like a proper action shot. You know what I mean?
1: Well, we don't wear we don't wear helmets in training. Do you not? Oh no, we only wear helmets on the fight like. Oh
0: yes. I thought you don't you know, wear helmets. I think training'd be the worst one because it's like just lads in a ring having a fight like I thought you would have helmets on during the practice like.
1: No, well, to be honest with you, I don't like wearing them. No? Um, the first, first few times we fought, I didn't wear one. It's only since I've been to, when I fought at the AJFL, Bell, you've got to do with insurance purposes and that. So mm. it's, uh, they're not the best, really, mate, to be honest with you. But that's another story. But, so, but yeah, is it a boxing podcast? This? No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I don't wear a helmet. I wear my headphones, me. Yeah. When yeah, to, yeah. No, I remember that in remember that, um, the grand final uh, music podcast we did?
1: Oh yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Kind of like got on Spotify and kind of moved the songs onto a Spotify list. Plus, I had a few okay. more. So just you get lost in the in the music, then you know what I
1: mean. Yeah, you've got to work out to a bit of music, haven't you, Miller?
0: This is it. This is it. So, yep, yeah, doing fantastic. Very proud of my efforts so far, but obviously, loads of uh, loads of you know, long way, long distance to go, and it's still uh, progress has been made though, which is which is good news for me.
1: Yeah, I suppose I suppose it, it's. Um, it's just getting yourself in there really, isn't it? Getting yourself in the gym and then changing your your sort of lifestyle and, and, and how you do things. I think once you've you've made that push and you you have done it, then you're gonna you're only going in one direction, right? You're in the right direction. So as long as you just keep going forward, you're gonna be okay, aren't you? And you'll keep making progress.
0: Yeah, like Gowdy Church now, Paul. Took me a while, but I'll have a scaffold up for a bit. Uh and then after a few years I'll be I'll be right I'll be right then.
1: Yeah, yeah, just keep plugging away, mate. That's
0: what it's all about. Uh, so that's uh, that's uh, an update on my fitness and your fitness, Paul. Uh, let's start talking. So for a devils, day, eh?
1: okay mate.
0: <laughs> so loads going on uh, in in this week's show. The big news uh, coming out of the club uh, about Ian Watson's uh, contract extension. Uh, we've got the re- report of the Warrington game. Uh, we've got uh, your amateur report, Paul, and then we're going to preview the Seth Ellens game uh, on uh, on Friday. So lots to look forward to in this podcast.
1: Yeah, it certainly is, certainly is, and lots of lots of news as well, particularly tonight's breaking news about Ian Watson. I think that's, uh, that's fantastic news.
0: Yeah, we'll start with that now.
1: The
0: so, the big news uh, coming out of this uh, podcast and the club uh, this week, uh, Ian Watson's uh, contract extension uh, up to 2022. Fantastic for the club, fantastic for us, fantastic for him. Such a great reward for what he's done. Uh, and obviously more to come.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. And um, just thinking about it now, Wattles could could become one of the longest serving coaches, you know, in, in the top flight of, of English rugby league, couldn't he? Or in the Super League. Um he's been there a while now, hasn't he? I think two thousand and was it two thousand and fifteen? Around about the, the towards the, the mid lates was it, towards the end of the season when he took over from Yeston Harris. So um yeah, I think he's done a great job, Robert. Every year he's he's had to work hard and rebuild teams and you know he's he took us on to that next level hasn't he obviously last season and you know he's really sought after wasn't he a lot of other clubs were sniffing round him and there was talk of him doing this and doing that and you know I'm just so glad that he's, he's staying because you know let's think about last season he went on tour with Great Britain he's, he's, he's earned a lot of knowledge and you know, influence there from from Wayne Bennett, that's going to add a string to his bow and, you know, he's progressing as a coach and, you know, you've, you've only got to speak to him and you, the, the methods that he comes up with and, you know, his ideas and the way he thinks about things, the way man manages players and the respect that he gains. I mean, he's, you know, he's a really, really good guy, a really, really good, excellent, excellent coach and I think we're very lucky to have him and for him to sign a, another contract... I think it's, it's better than any sort of marquee signing that for us it's a, it's a great signing.
0: Yeah, it's it's a relief more than anything, Paul. Because obviously we've come this far uh, with him in, as the as the head coach, uh, and obviously people were were talking about you know bigger clubs circling trying to get him uh, to to sign for them. But obviously he knows that uh, Salford, um, this is a project. He's in total control of it. He's working well with Ian Bleaser and Paul King. He's got a great leadership with them. He's got a great great leadership with the players. He's got a great relationship with us fans as well. You know, it's, it's fantastic. It's, in, it's an ideal situation at Salford. Uh, and this, this club, you know, if it continues the way he has done in the last few years, it could go you know, to up a couple of levels and we could be competing at the very top, which, you were, which is where he wants to be. As a coach, he wants to be competing at the very top of Super League. And, you know, Salford Red Devils could be a vehicle to get us there or get him there.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, I mean, when you think about it now, it's hard to imagine uh, Salford Red Devils without Ian Watson, you know, I've thought about that a few times, you know, last season when the clubs were sniffing around, I thought, well, oh, I don't know how I'd go on if I had to interview somebody else every week, because <laughs> Cause, Watto's really good and he lets me lets me have a chat with him, but what would the new coach be like, so oh, I'm so glad I've not got to worry about that, um, it's great having having Watto there and, uh, you know, he he's, he's a great bloke, really great guy to have at the club and I think he's done really well in the time he's been there and... You know, you've only got to look at the, the respect the players give him and the, and the, sort of the camaraderie in their squad and the way players look up to, to him and you talk to players that they have so much respect and admiration for him so and not only what oh, you look at the, the, the staff he's got there with him as well Paul Rowley's doing a good job with him he's got a good partnership there Greg Brown as well and, and the rest of the, uh, the sort of the medical staff and, and the um, you know the, the squad staff they, they, they're all working really really hard out and there's a really really good buzz about that squad and uh, a good, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Back. A very good, yeah, yeah, a really good sort of team philosophy, isn't there? And uh, they all work for one another, don't they? And I think that that's that's what sets us apart from some of the other clubs in Super League.
0: Yeah, I think like I can say him tying himself down to, to, to another extension of his contract gives a message to players, and other players outside of the club who want who might be thinking about coming to Salford in the years to come, that he's there for the long term now, and it, and it's going to help, you know, attract the you know better quality of player to turn the the team into a better team. And like I said before, it's an opportunity for everybody, opportunity for him, opportunity for players to to go to that next level. And, you know, it's it's fantastic news. Like I say, we were a little bit worried, but now he's obviously got over the line. You know, it's all about moving forward, looking forward to 2020 and see what that brings.
1: Well, yeah, I think looking at players as well, you've only got to look at the guys we've signed. You know, if you're a player that's, you know, got a lot of potential and your career sort of stalling a bit, You've only got to look at Salford and think, it, i go there and work, work for Ian Watts and look how he sort of brought players on. You know, at the moment, players who perhaps didn't fit in at other clubs and I could name a couple of them off I top of my mean, head, two of them here for one. He, he, you know, really good international player but didn't quite fit in at Leeds. He's come to Salford, what I was getting the best out of him and other players must see that. You know, the wider world of rugby league must see that and think, yeah, he, he's all right. I mean, he's, he's doing something there. And I want to go and be part of that. And, um, you know, once you get that philosophy about your club, you're gonna you're gonna go places, aren't you? And even you know some of the Australian youngsters over there. Who, you know the talent, you know, the young talent in Australia. are Going to look at the way we we brought Jackson Hastings over, and we've totally transformed this career. I mean, a lot of that's a lot of that's down to Jackson for the hard work that he did. But an awful lot of that's down to Ian Watson and Ian Blaze and, and everybody at Salford as well. So uh, so yeah, it's excellent news. It really was, and you know it's something we've been waiting for for a while. And uh, now it now he's signed, and I'm just hope we. We uh, we get a backlash from that on Friday and get a result at St Helens.
0: Yeah, it's it's pure opportunity. That's what it is, Paul. you know, for players that you know want to come and you know test themselves at, at the highest level, and we're giving them that platform to, to do that. And it's only going to improve the the club because obviously they're going to take us to the next level as well. So it's a win win for everyone, really.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. I think sometimes in sport, <clears throat> excuse me, you want that um, that continuity, don't you? To settle down, I think the clubs that tend to chop and change the coach every year and they're up and down, aren't they? Like a, you know, a bit of a roller coaster. But we're, we're getting it settled. We've got a settled squad now. I know we've brought a couple of players in this season, but we've got a settled sort of base with Ian Watson. And things have calmed down, haven't we? Had a turbulent few years, didn't we? When we first moved to the AJ Bell Stadium, and it's like a revolving door, wasn't it? but now things to be a lot more more steady, don't they? And uh, especially on, on the on the rugby league department. So I think what well, was the right man to lead us forward, and I'm expecting uh, you know him to have a really good season again in uh, in 2020.
0: Yeah, well, Ian talks a lot about culture of the club and then how he's you know helped to create one, and you know it's a fantastic thing. You know him and, and the rest of his backroom staff have, have moulded this this team and, and this squad in, in into a. A team that's going to compete every week, and that's what us fans, you know, want, and the people outside our bubble want as well. Because if they see Salford competing at the top of the league and, and competing in the Challenge Cup, you know they'll be interested. They'll be turned on by by the club and, and what's going on in the area, and uh, you know, hopefully it'll attract more fans to come.
1: Yeah, certainly. So I think there has been a culture change at the at the club, particularly. Uh, Particularly last season, you know, some of the stuff we played last season and, and that belief and that, that willingness to, to win and the never say die attitude and the way we were on that marvellous run at the end of the season. That that really did change things for me. The way we, we played and performed in the in the top five playoffs and that to take us to the grand final, that professionalism and that No, that, I've never really seen that in a Salford team before. So what I was have had a big Played a big hand in that. I played a big part in that. So, uh, so yeah, I, I just hope we can kick on this this season now. And uh, you know, some, some supporters will buy into it as well because we've got a great product there at the AJ Bell Stadium. We need more people to buy into it now, don't we? And, uh, and come and support this team. And I, I, I'm sure they're gonna do. But no, there's an awful lot of positive and a lot to be positive about.
0: Yeah, it's that transition path from a club that hoped to a club that believed. And that's where we you know, that's where we are now. We're, we're starting to believe both on the field and off the field that. You know, this we're going places, and and we've got people in positions who are are great at what they do, and you know it's only going to be great for everybody at the club and, and us following.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. We've just got to kick on now this uh, this season after last season. But yeah, you're dead right. We just proved last season that you know you can we, we can do it. We can be up there. We can challenge the other sides. I, don't, I know we didn't win anything last season, but we had some fantastic wins, didn't we? Some some away from home. Some of the some of the teams that. Probably spend an awful lot more money than us and have an awful lot more resources than we have. And we we put them in the place, didn't we? On a number of occasions last year. So yeah, an awful lot to be proud of. And Ian Watson's, uh, you know, is he right at the pinnacle of all that work?
0: Yeah, another big contract signed today. Greg Brown, the strength and conditioning coach, he extended his contract as well. You know, that's another massive, uh, you know, thing for the club tying him down as well. Um, a lot of times in the past, Salford have known to sort of start blowing the last ten minutes and, and we've lost games through it, but. You know, through his hard work and the people behind the scenes with him have turned these players into, you know, super fit athletes who aren't gonna blow uh, when it when it comes down to it. And I think it's fantastic we managed to tie him down. Uh, and hopefully, you know, he's been busy this pre season, you know, getting players fit and we'll see that once again in twenty twenty.
1: Well yeah, yeah, you've only got to speak to the players, haven't you? I mean spoke to loads of the, the the lads last season and the season before about the, the work that Greg Brown does and particularly new signings when they come in, they seem to um, they always say to you, I mean I'm in the best shape of my me, uh, me, me career, you know, after spending a bit of time with Greg Brown, so it just shows you that the great work that he does and uh, I know Wato can't speak highly enough of him, can he? And he's great to have in the team and that, that's a big part of the modern uh, game of rugby league, Rob, isn't it? The fitness, you've got to have that fitness and you know that stammer and that sort of be able to play that, that, that 80 minutes and you know, we saw that with a number of players last season. That's Josh Jones, George Griffin, Gil Dudson. The, the fitness and the physique that you know, they, they came came in with was, was fantastic. And looking at the players on Thursday night in that friendly game against Warrington, I thought we well, looked pretty fit and pretty sharp in that game. Whereas in that first half, Warrington looked a bit sluggish. So I think Greg Brown has done another excellent job, and it's great that we've got him on board for, uh, for his contract extension.
0: Yeah, it shows how far we've come that when it comes down to the back end of the game, we aren't thinking how we're going to blow out we're getting stronger, aren't we? And that's an important thing, like you said, rugby league, you know, it's about strength and conditioning and looking after yourself and being fit physically and mentally at the crucial moments of the game. And, you know, like you said, you know, Greg Brown and the rest of his team behind the scenes uh, have conditioned these players. Uh, And that's part of our our, our process, part of our magic that, you know, we'll continue to to play and continue to go through the processes like Ian Watson says. uh, And doing that gets us a result.
1: Certainly does, It certainly does. You know the strength and conditioning side of the sport. It's it's changed an awful lot in the time I've watched rugby league. You know, I'm not saying you know players are any better than they were sort of twenty, thirty years ago, but I think regarding like the fitness and the way players are looked after now, it's it is it is totally different. There's a lot of science involved in it now, and you know they are the. The prime athletes as, as you, you call them sometimes and that's what they are and if you want to challenge at the top you need guys like that who are, who are going to get your players in the best possible shape and Kevin Brown's another one what's Kevin 36 years of age and speaking to him a few weeks ago he's in absolutely fantastic condition and, and you've seen that in the warm-up games and you know, I think I think that goes hand in hand as well I think sometimes with with your injuries we, we, were, we were lucky last season we didn't have a lot of injuries but is that look down to the way the players are, you know, in physical condition, the way they've looked after themselves, does that prevent injuries? I think it possibly does. You know, if you're in a real good shape, your, your body's going to recover, isn't it? And uh, you're not going to pick up these, these niggles and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, great news for him. He's doing a great job is Greg Bro.
0: Yeah, fantastic. You know, ball contract signed. Happy days for everybody. Full, every soul fan will raise a raise a glass, uh, sort of Friday to to celebrate them to uh, contracts coming in. Um, next bit of news another big bit of news really Paul uh, that our reserve grade um, team is going to be a dual one with Swinton Lions obviously both sides are going to sort of provide players uh, to, to play in it uh, it'll help the players develop it'll help the players keep fit uh, and injured players come back to fitness uh, I think it's very good I think it gives us more games to watch as well uh, and it's fantastic for everyone
1: yeah, well, there was, there was rumours, wasn't there, towards the back end of the last season that it was going to be with, um, with Swinton and Lions and then that all seemed to go go quiet and we never heard anything about that. But I was thinking the other day, or the other week, actually, how, how were we going to do a reserve team? Because we've not got enough players really to, 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 to do one. I mean, you've got two matches on there. Some some nights your reserves will play before the, the Super League game you know, a couple of hours before. So, we, do we have enough players to, to put two teams? I don't think we did. So, even with the, the young foundation lads, you've still not got enough players there. So, I think it's the right thing to do. Um, I know Swinton are going to learn an awful lot of us, aren't they? You know, that, the professionalism we have and we can learn an awful lot of them, I suppose, as well. So, uh, it's, it makes sense. It makes really good sense and I'm a big believer in, in reserve grade. I used to like watching Solver when we used to have the A-team games and I think that's the right way to go. You can blood your young players in there. We've got some excellent young players there. We saw Connor, Connor Aspey, didn't we, in the, um, in the warm-up game against Warrington. he come off the bench and looked really sharp. You know, Obviously, it's a big step up for, for Super League for him, but he might be able to play and, and, and earn his craft in that reserve grade. And I'm sure he will do. So, um it's going to be really good for us that next season and good for both clubs.
0: Yeah, it's part of the, the sort of ladder in it from sort of youth to to the to the first team, going through the academies and then going through, you know, the reserve team, it's stepping stones in it for players that are coming through to continue to improve and eventually reach the the super league level, which is which is what every player's ambition is when they set out they wanna they wanna end up playing at the highest level they can and obviously us putting a reserve team in now, it allows players who you know, might develop late uh, to continue their sort of playing rugby league because obviously, without reserve grade, you know, when you get too old for the academy and you're not physically ready yet for Super League, you, you drop off the end of the, 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 the travelator, and that's happened a lot in rugby league over the years, hasn't it? With you know, young kids going yeah. and playing rugby union or are not playing rugby at all, uh, and it, it's, it's it was really sad. But now obviously, you have managed to get this reserve team uh, reserve league up and running. Uh, So that obviously hope will not happen again.
1: Well, yeah, it's like you said, it's it's a player pathway, isn't it, really, from sort of junior rugby league, kids rugby league, and then you you're stepping up into sort of open age amateur rugby league, and then you've got your academy, your reserve grade, and then you're up into super league, aren't you? I suppose it's a bit like an apprenticeship if you're. Know, doing what I do, gas fitting or or you're an electrician. You don't come straight out of school and go and re- rewire somebody's house, do you? You've got to do your apprenticeship first and and learn the, the the skills and learn the trade. And also in the reserve team, you'll be playing against you know a lot of seasoned campaigners, won't you? You know, say you play Huddersfield Hall or or whoever you're playing, you're not just going to be playing against kids in that. There'll be there'll be players there coming back from injury. So for for a young kid in the Salford for reserves You could be playing against, I don't know, sort of a Danny Bruff or, or somebody like who's been there and done that. So you're going to pick things up and get that match sort of hardness as well. And it'll probably be a, a shock to some of some of the players, uh, who, you know, especially the younger ones. But I think it's going to, going to benefit us, Robert. I really do. I didn't agree with with due registration. I thought, I thought it was a bit of a gimmick that you, you had sort of players playing for other clubs. You're going playing for someone else. You're picking up bad habits from, from them. If you're a Salford player, you want to play for Salford, don't you? So uh, I don't know. what's this. Do we know what this reserve is going to be called now we've got Swinton coming? Is it still going to be Salford reserve? Yeah, I think
0: they're still playing under a Salford um, shirt. I know we're going to be sponsored by uh, Gerard of Swinton. Uh, there's like uh, think it's a Magic Weekend shirt with the Gerard of Swinton badge on the front. Um, yep. But yeah, it's, you know, I think it's really good. I think, like you said, it allows us to, to keep. Our young players in our own environment, and and obviously, hopefully, they won't pick up sort of bad habits because they'll be with us, won't they? So it's, it's I think it's great. I think obviously you're hoping that you know our club and other clubs who run these reserve sides, um, kind of respect, treat with respect and 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 put sort of players who are probably recovering from injury or, or need match, you know, game time. Uh, put them in to improve the standard of, of, of the team and, and the opposition that that you're facing. Uh, we'll have to see if that happens. We won't know. We'll win we, until it all kicks off. And and I'm sure you know. Ian Watson and Danny Barton and uh, Neil and um, you will all get together and and you'll know, discuss. You know, who we will be available at certain points.
1: Well, yeah, that's another point you've, you've made there. You know, players coming back from injury or or say you've got players in your in your squad who, who aren't playing or they can't get into the side. You know, you've been pressing that reserve grade or say you're a winger and you score an at-trick for a couple of weeks running. You then sort of... Um, putting your hand up to Wattle saying, you know, I, I deserve another chance. So, so, yeah, it's competition for places and that's what we want. What we don't want is, is blokes in the first team who we were resting on the laurels every week thinking, well, I'm in the first team, I can't move, so, you know, I'm in my comfort zone. You don't want that. You want players looking over the shoulder all the time, you know, being, being challenged. And we can talk about that in, later on. we speak about the, the preview for Saints. There's a couple of guys who've got in the squad for the St. Helens game, who perhaps at the start of the season you would have thought, oh, he'd probably be a bit of a backup player, but because they played so well in the in the pre-season games they've sort of put the hands up to what was saying. No, I want to play. So, um, so that's that's the good thing. So, I know these reserve games won't be like pre-season games. They'll be competitive matches, won't they? But you know the same sort of thing. They're a bit like a trial to play for the first team, aren't they? So it can only be good. Pat.
0: It's positive pressure, Paul. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah so that's uh, that's the the good news about the uh, res- dual registration reserve sides um, other bits of news Paul uh, VIP packages um, are available to watch the games um, this season um, up in the platinum suite you know it's fantastic up there you know the club put on a really good uh, sort of event and you know people enjoy it uh, I'm sure people who have businesses uh, will be will be looking to sort of get involved in that
1: yeah, I'm sure they will. Is that the eighteen seventy three
0: suite, is it that Rob? Uh, yeah. Access the eighteen seventy three suite, you get a cabaret, uh, and you get a free team sheet as well as west as well as uh, seats in the west End. Uh sixty six pounds per person or six hundred quid if it's tenure. So if you run a You get penny a well, that's pretty good, isn't that's it? That, that perked your ears up, didn't it, Carver? Carver?
1: Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> is like a Carver, so I mm-hmm. might have to start dragging her to solve when they've got yeah. I might have a new support.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's, it's great value. Obviously, you know that that kind of money, you know, if, if you've if you've got it, you know, obviously helps the club as well. It helps us put some juice in our tank and continue to strengthen the club's uh, inside finances.
1: Yeah, certainly doesn't it? It's um, it's good in the 1873. The seats are good there, aren't they? You sit in the west end; and it's a really good view. And if you've not tried it before. It's, oh, uh, you, know, you can treat yourself it? You? if you've got like a birthday coming up, I suppose, or uh, you want to treat your your family or your wife or someone for a wedding anniversary present, or something. Perhaps take them in the 1873 and get them a cabaret.
0: Yeah, uh, if you're interested, Paul uh, as, as parlours about this calvary, um Contact <laughs> Hannah Kirby at salfordreddevils.net obviously she'll help you out and, and sort that out for you uh, there's also match day uh, sponsors and match ball sponsors as well uh, you know, we're available uh, for the games to come which is another thing if, if you've got juice in your tank or you own a business and you want your business to uh, to be exposed uh, to to everyone at the game I think it's a good value for that as well so look into that as well um, other bits of news Paul uh, the supporters trust buses are back rolling for the 2020 season Um, fantastic success Uh, you know getting people to the game who can't necessarily get there themselves Uh, and it's great that the club and the supporters trust have got together and uh, organised this uh, bus for 2020
1: yeah it certainly is if you're um, you know you live in Sort of a few miles away from the ground, and you've not got your own transport, and that public transport can be a bit, a bit tricky sometimes, can it? But this is more convenient. You're getting a bus straight to the to the door, aren't you? As well, and you get getting on it with loads of support. You make a bit of noise, and that's so what all I'd say the atmosphere doesn't it? So, yeah, I think I think those buses are something that could grow and grow. You know, as tendencies sort of rise and. If they were to rise, hopefully, which, which, you know, with a bit of success and you know the, the aftermath of last season, perhaps these buses could you know go to one, two, maybe maybe three. I don't know, but it's it's, it's definitely a start. It's definitely getting people to the game. And uh, though I thought they were, they were great last season, a really good initiative.
0: Yeah. Also, Go Northwest, uh, they're a new bus company uh, who we're helping, obviously involved as well, uh, which is fantastic. Um, you can get picked up at the precinct, the height, uh, Langworthy. Uh, and Eccles, which is which is great. Different destinations destinations in the city to be picked up from. Uh, you can buy tickets from the driver, or you can go on the the supporter Trust website uh, and buy them from there. So you know, it's a fantastic thing, Paul. Hopefully, you know, people will continue to use it and let other people know know who don't use it yet that it's available, and it'll help grow our crowd bigger.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. I mean, you look at the the first home game we've got a week on Saturday against Toronto and. You no, know, it's a really sort of tasty game, isn't it? Especially with the you know the noises that Toronto Wolfpack are making, and you know the fanfare of Sonny Bill Williams and and this that and the other. So I'm expecting that to be a really good day. And we've also got we're probably going to mention it now that the schools are trying to get involved to you know, get get plenty of schools there in that that East, and it all adds to to a brilliant atmosphere. So if you can get on that that bus, and uh, you don't, you've not got to drive as well, it takes a bit of pressure off. You don't? You can have a pint and, uh, and and go on the bus.
0: Yeah. Now you've mentioned it, I think we'll mention it now. Uh, Toronto game. Uh, the club have got a, a sort of special offer if you're involved in in a school or a governor at a school uh, that you can get free tickets for, for your kids uh, and three adult tickets as well. Um, opportunity to you know spread uh, the Soulfred Red Devil uh, gospel to to the next generation, Paul. I think it's a fantastic opportunity for for the club and the schools to to create a kind of kind of a bond and you know moving forward it will be fantastic um, if both parties can do that.
1: Yeah, I think we've said it you know, for the last few years on the podcast, haven't we? We both discussed it about the East Stand being a family stand and getting schools in there, and you know, local youth clubs, local. Well, I, I think that all the the junior clubs should have, have tickets for in there, free tickets for in there for you know, the the junior setups in the, in the city of Salford and and the surrounding areas as well. I think that stand should be packed out and be a community stand and. Um, you know, this is this is a great way forward. This, you know, getting getting schools involved and you know going on you know, school trips. How exciting would that be? We never did anything like that when I was at school. I think we used to get free tickets for uh, Rochdale football. Now went to school in Rochdale and we used to get tickets for there. But we used to give them away because we couldn't give them away. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were that bad. So, uh, so no, I think it's a great initiative. It really is, and uh, I'm really looking forward to that Toronto game. There should be a lot, a lot on that. It's um, it's going to be a special day. That, we, like I said before, the sort of the fanfare that Toronto have made and you know, the Sonny Bill, Bill, Sonny Bill Williams effect so it's a, it's a Saturday as well and I'm sure we're going to get a big crowd for that
0: Yeah it's not just schools as well Paul if you're part of a Cub Scout group or a Brownie group or a Venture Scout group you know that that same thing applies um, you know it's, like I said it's an opportunity to, to grow yep. our fan base and you know the deadline uh, for the Toronto game is, is this Friday the 31st of January at 5 o'clock and Right, so you're hoping that these schools have switched on. And to be fair, it's up to us as parents. If you do have kids who go to to a school, to, to push it, to go to the school and say, look, opportunity uh, for for my child to, to enjoy first-class rugby league and, you know, enjoy sport and maybe get a kind of a, you know, connection with the club. And then you might be able to grow on that and go and visit the club and, you know, go and see what happens behind the scenes and educate your children a bit about it. And, you know, I know schools is about educating, you know, their priority is to educate educate the children that are in the school, but things like this sort of helps them as well become you know better people because they see you know what goes on in the outside world.
1: Well, yeah, and it gives kids something to be part of as well, doesn't it, Rob? You think know, do you think back when we were kids and like it was you felt part of? I still do now. I'm 37, but I still feel like a kid sometimes. I got to solve it because you feel part. It's like a special club in it. So I think there's a lot to be said for that. I know life's changed now, isn't it you know it's a long time since we were kids and it's different you know the highway of technology and that seems to just grow and grow doesn't it you know every year you see kids on phones and the technology they have but I think you know to be part of something like that is special um, and it'd be great to see loads, loads of kids and I, I'd love the, the club to do this every, I don't know if they've got plans to do but do this every home game I'd love to see that every home game like you said not just schools clubs, scouts, youth clubs swimming clubs you know you, you name it whatever whatever they want to do, football teams whatever and, and all the, the local rugby league teams as well. Let's just get everybody involved. And you know we played some fantastic stuff last season, didn't we? And beat some some really big sides at home. Some mouth-watering games as well. So uh, so yeah, I think it's a great idea, great initiative, and looking forward to seeing how
0: it pans out this season. Yeah. So obviously, if you're interested in that, if you're inter- you work for a school or are you you know a governor at a school and you're interested in that, uh, contact Paul. at silverdevils. Uh, and he'll organise uh, that with you. Uh, and hopefully. You know, there'll be lots of, uh, you know, kids represented uh, at the Toronto game in a couple of weeks' time. Um, other bits of news, Paul. Um, Hawkington Rovers games, the home and away pictures have been switched now. Um, so, the 17th of April are now away at Hawkington Rovers. And the 12th of June, we're at home to Hawkington Rovers. Which means I'll be celebrating my birthday in Hull. Which is a glorious place to celebrate your birthday.
1: Yeah, it's not bad. Not a bad night at all. Yeah. <laughs> I did nice. out there once.
0: That's something to forward ex-
1: It was an experience. Put yeah. right
0: it that <laughs> way. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> normally France, normally. We normally play in, in France on my birthday, but not this time. All we'll, right, we'll if, if you was in
1: Toronto, wouldn't it, on your birthday? Yeah. That'd be something. That'd be, that'd be good,
0: wouldn't it? But I'll have to make do with Hull.
1: Do we know why they've switched those games? Is something to do with, OK, stadium stayed in, have got a concert on? Right? Like,
0: yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Would you, I just... We just picked it up off of Twitter. I'm sure. I'm sure we'd probably better to find out. Uh, so yeah, just obviously mark that on your on your fixture list. You don't want to get caught up on going the wrong the wrong venue at the wrong time. Nope. Nope. Uh, other bits of news. Um, newspaper. New new a new newspaper uh, out in Salford this week. The Salford City uh, newspaper. Paul, fantastic coverage uh, so far for the Salford Red Devils. Uh, obviously the print media is important digital media is, is growing all the time but keeping the print media going is essential uh, to get out there and communicate with people outside our bubble
1: yeah it, it's been a long time since Salford and paper I can remember the the Salford advertiser uh, my, my grandmother used to bring me the, the the cuttings round he used to bring he used to get good coverage in there and he used to come round in a week and to our house when I lived at home he used to, to, to bring us the paper you know, so I didn't live in Salford so uh, I never had the uh, the uh, advantage of getting that newspaper, but I thought that was great, we've got great coverage in there, but it's great to see us having an- another newspaper now. Um, and I've seen bits and pieces in it this week, and the coverage has been fantastic. So, uh, you know, a long way that that And You know, is a city to be, to be proud of, and I think, you know, last season with us getting to the grand final and newspapers and things like that, the coverage is going going up and up and up, and people i have got a city to be proud of now, and it's great that they've got that voice, and you know um, their own identity as well. It's very important that Suffolk keeps its identity, and uh, I know the Manchester Evening News is a good uh, good newspaper, and we get good coverage in there, don't we? But there's nothing like having your own sort of newspaper for your own city. So I'm delighted to hear that news as well.
0: Yeah, as well. You know, you can have newspapers, you know, in different areas. I don't. Obviously, the Evening News uh, does a fantastic uh, job. Uh, you know, and, and I say it's a, it's a new paper. It's an opportunity uh, for the club to to feed it positive stories, and it's all going to help the club grow and you know improve its uh, profile in in the city. So yeah, it's it's fantastic, and look forward to seeing what what we can produce uh, in the uh, the Soblet City newspaper.
1: Yeah, certainly. It's an exciting opportunity for the club, isn't it? And any coverage that the the club gets is is positive, isn't it? It helps to to spread our name. And as we've said on the podcast loads of times, the city of Salford is is a very big city. There's there's an awful lot of people living there and there's probably an awful lot of people in the city who don't really know a lot about the rugby league team, do they? And there's people moving in and out all the time and you can keep them up to speed with things and, and, and let them know about the good things that's happening at the AJ Bell Stadium and the good things that the Salford rugby club are doing, not only on the pitch but in the Community as well, like we've just said in the last thing there about getting schools and, and young kids involved and all that. So if we can get all that in in the Salford paper, you know, t- telling the public about it, it can only be a good thing and can only get help to grow our club.
0: Yeah, I think what it is, Paul, it's a, it's kind of a um, a working engine where you know the club and us fans, you know, produce you know good stuff and and sort of promote itself and and the club, you know, to the people outside and our friends as well, you know, who, who you know, know we follow us all Red Devils, and, and you know we keep telling them that we're playing well, and you know it's worth watching. If we kind of sort of put a bit of pressure on our mates to to come and, and watch if that's available, uh, you know they might come and watch. Now we're now we're you know, grand finalists last year, and we've got a team to to compete every week, and it's exciting times. It's exciting times to be a Soul Red Devils fan.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. There's an awful lot of expectation on this uh, on this season now, and. You know, it's a tough start, isn't it? But uh, we don't get the St. Helens game out of the way. Like we've said a few times in the past couple of weeks where we've been talking, we've got four or five home games, haven't we? So, we've got a real opportunity to, to, to really build some momentum. So, yeah, it's very exciting.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, oh, I saw the big news uh, coming out of Salford Devils uh, this week. What we'll do, Paul, we'll look at back at the final pre-season friendly against Warrington uh, last week. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, so Red Devils travelled to Warrington in their final pre-season friendly of 2020, and we defeated 26 points to 10. Paul, um, you spoke to Ian Watson after the game, and this is what he had to say.
2: his
1: corner right Ian Watson joins me you've wrapped up pre-season now with the game against Warrington obviously they've not got the scoreline
2: tonight but for you was it all about the first half or sort of the first 50 minutes of that game yeah we set our kind of mantle out earlier that it w- wanted to kind of real focus on the way we started the game um and the first 40 minutes and 50 minutes were kind of key to that like i said with f- the first the big focus for me coming into this game i didn't speak to the players about that but the big focus was more about the first 40 minutes for me and how we started the game coming up against a, a good team with eight internationals mm-hmm. in the starting lineup as well so it was about how we started that really and i thought we started really well and i thought we dominated at certain periods i will please with your pack because yep. that pack to me doesn't look like it's going to get bullied this season because
1: you really held your own there against, like you say, a big Warrington, big physical Warrington side.
2: Yeah, I thought it was outstanding, mate, to be fair. I thought, like I said, we were winning Canada the arm wrestle in the first half, and that's a real pleasing aspect of it. Um, if you think about it as well, the look like uh, Daryl Clark blew pretty early Benny Murdoch blew pretty early as well so in a game in a league that's going to wear and tear them down and then as you come towards the half you'll start catching them obviously they were able to rest and take people like Daryl Clark off um, before half time whereas normally they don't normally have that option so for us as well it was a good little insight to to what we can do and what damage we can cause
1: did you learn anything like about going to the the Saitlanders game next Friday have you got in your head now your starting 13 or did people put
2: themselves in contention tonight I think there's a few people who's put their hand up in the last few weeks the big one was today really and how we started the game so um, obviously I wanted to have a little look at Connor um, Jones and Jack Armroyd people who've been playing championship last year and really see what they can do against Super League opposition at this level and I, I thought they've done themselves really really well to be fair Kevin
1: Brown again in that first half yeah. he's got a magic pair of hands yep. you must see him in training, you've seen him when you've been to Spain yep. that He's got that hunger in him this season. There yeah. seems something special about him. He's determined to prove
2: people wrong, isn't there? Yeah, I think the, the big one is that people have wrote him off. People have just said, obviously, he's old and he's not good enough or he's what's it. But what he was, he was in a World Cup final a couple of years ago. And I know I've said it a few times before. And then obviously, he had the injury. He would have definitely partnered Blake Austin last year here at Warrington. Uh, and to be fair, would their season have been completely different if they'd had Blake Austin and Kev Brown in the arse? Probably. How did it go last week in, in Spain? Your warm weather training? Good, really good. It was more for us. It was a big one about getting to know each other on and off the field as well. So we did kind of a lot. Of, we spent a lot of time together off the field, um, which is good. You need to understand people, um, individuals as people, um, not just rugby league players as well. And that's why it's important for us as a club to kind of have that time away, as well as obviously do the work on the field. But for people to get to know each other and spend time with each other off the field, a, a big part of how we are set up. Looking forward to that St. Helens game, your week tomorrow. Yeah. Was today's game the perfect test for you? Because it was a really good arm wrestle. Is that yeah.
1: the what the word I'm looking for, The battle hardness that you need now going into that match?
2: Yeah, I think we've stepped up as we've gone through the pre-season. Swinton, we knew, would probably be less physical but throw the ball around and mm-hmm. test us a little bit, which they did. Lee, a lot more physical but throw the ball around. And then obviously Warrington today being a Super League team and knowing up, you're coming up against this opposition now from next week um, and giving us that step forward into what we want to look at. Like as a team going into a St. Helens game. Looking at your squad now for 2020, you know, looking back from last season, to me, I think it's a stronger squad. to personally, but have you
1: got like headaches now in certain positions because looking tonight you moved a lot of people around. Yeah. It just shows there's a lot of combinations there. Like so Chris Atkin, he can play half. back, yeah. he can play hooker have you got headaches now for that selection which
2: is good that's what you want you want players who can play in different positions as well so they can give you that and if they can come in they can play well in them positions as well so like second hour today was about mixing things up Mm -hmm. and having a little look at different things and Um, giving people a little bit of an opportunity to kind of develop really I mean we give young Connor a run in the last Mm -hmm. 10 minutes Connor Aspie who played last year for us in the pre-season Friendlies we didn't feel like he needed to play this year against Swinton and Lee because he kind of did that last year so this year we wanted to just give him a little bit of a taste against a Super League team and see if we could help his development so like I say the the result we want to win and we want to win every game we do but I've learned over the last few years that I probably need to be a little bit more smarter with that rather than just trying to win a friendly I need to kind of have an eye on going forward and developing players and making sure that we've got options so when we come into the league season everyone's had game time and they're all available to play which we've come through unscathed so we've got everybody we've ticked all the boxes in pre-season and it's just now down to the Saints game next week Yeah, I was just going to say that you've, you've come through there's been no injuries How's the Lee Mossop situation? I also someone asked you in the press yeah. conference is he going to be in contention for Yeah, the, uh, he, he could have played um, we just, uh, we've had a little bit of a tidy up Upon Lee, we, we did it last se- um, off season as well, and then we just kind of built him through um, the season. He, he, could've, he could've, probably could have played tonight. He's getting old, though. Is that what it is? Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> nah, he's actually probably one of the ones who's pretty more. Yeah. Like you kind of his body turns. but he watched. his um. He, he's yeah. He, he, we could have put him out there today, but. It's, it's one of them, do you, do you risk putting him out there um, or do you get more get him training time into him and getting ready for the St. Helens game and you know he's ready and he's available for St. Helens. Lee's a bit older than most of the players so he's kind of got that experience of knowing what it's all about. Anyway, we know he's physically in good condition because of all the um, work we've put him through. We know he's kind of getting into that level of kind of that contact fitness now as well. So for us to throw him out there tonight probably wasn't wouldn't have been the right idea for us, um, so we've left him really, um, so we can make sure that he's available for next week. How's Ryan Lannan doing with his injury? Great, really good, yeah, he's he's coming on poor oh, leaps and bounds, he, he potentially might even be available for the first game, um, we thought it would hopefully be that um, situation when we had his groins done. But to be fair, he's done really well, so and he's feeling no kind of effects of the operation. So hopefully, he'll be putting his hand up for the round one as well. Playing that game against Saint Helens, the players must be like really excited for that. It's a repeat of the grand final. How excited yeah. are you going to yeah. test yourself there? Yeah, I think that's the big one for us. It's um going there and kind of testing ourselves. And I did the
1: maths today. We've not won at Saint Helens for fourteen thousand and sixty days or something like <laughs> forty <laughs> years and two weeks. Two I think it'll be next Friday. So it is, it is a record that's there to be broken. Yeah. we've come close haven't we,
2: the last couple of yeah, seasons. Yeah, yeah. Well, I say, we, I say we've come close the last couple of seasons. It's for us to go there and get. The win. Well good luck Ian. Thanks for being to mate. Cheers, mate. No problem.
0: So that was Ian Watson, Paul, talking to yourself after the game. Um he was quite happy with, with what was uh, what happened in that first forty minutes for Salford and the full sort of pre season so far. Um what did you think of the game?
1: I thought the first half was excellent. I thought we played really well in that first half and I like what I was saying in the interview, I think certain players for Warrington sort of blew up a bit, really, and it didn't look like they had the fitness. I think that was their first their, their pre season game, I think, Warrington. So, you know, you can forgive them for that. And But, you know, regarding Salford, I thought we looked really good. You know, Dan Sardins just scored two really well, taking tries. Kevin Brown looked great at, at half back, you know, pinging some passes out. And I thought the forwards looked good. The forward the forward pack looked really strong. And I know there was a lot of changes in the second half, and, and what I wanted to try different things out. But for me, the first half made me pretty happy really. I wasn't really fussed about the second half. Obviously, you want to win the match and things like that. But you're not going to be judged on on a, on a friendly game, right? At the end of the season, really. So as long as we've got out of it what we wanted to get out of it, and what I was learning a few things from it, well, I was happy with that.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree with you, Paul. The first 40 minutes is what Ian Watson was interested in. We we kind of looked, you know, really good. You know, the engine was was ticking. Uh, they were all linking up really well like you said Dan Siderson, you know, played out of his skin in, in, in that first 40 minutes and it shows sort of how important he might be he's got you know super skills uh, he knows where the line is and he, he could be uh, the X factor on that far side and you know, on the outside of the field uh, that, that really could uh, take us to that next level
1: Yeah he's a very experienced player as well Rob very experienced player very very sort of raw bone as well and he's a very brave guy and um, you know he's not afraid to get stuck in as well and uh, I think he'll do the business for us this season. He's got plenty of pace, and um, he's another one who looks like, you know, similar to Chris Wellham out and out sort of centre. So you've got got two real quality centres there in Wellham and, and, and Sargentson. And to be honest with you, those would be my my two for uh, my two choices to start against St. Helens. Whether whether Watlow goes along with me, I'm not too sure. But those would be my two uh, two first choices. But yeah, I've been, been particularly impressed with all the new players that have come in. I thought Luke Yates again. You know he worked his socks off. Um, he played at prop, didn't he, against Warrington and just showed how we can how we can work there as well. You know he's, he's probably known for being a back rower, stroke loose forward, really. But we we moved Greg Burke there for the Warrington game in the first half, and I think that's that's what we gained from that match. You could see that there's players who can, who can play in a whole host of positions, really. Same with uh, with Chris Atkin played quite a bit at, at hooker in that game with with Young Connor Jones. So there's all sorts of different combinations there, and Watto you know, worked on those in that game and uh, you know that the squad for me is very it's a flexible squad. There's um there's an awful lot of, of room in there for, for changes and you know you know you're gonna pick injuries through a season, it's a long hard season and if you've got that back up there and players who can move round, well that, that that squad for me is uh, looking good.
0: Yeah, it is exciting. Um obviously Ian Watson shuffled his pack a bit in the second half, rotated people, gave people minutes which is kind of important really. Um Looking obviously back at it, do you think that was the plan for Ian Watson? You know, to give people um, sort of games, or was he more disguising? You know what he could do uh, for the Saints game because obviously Saints will have been watching. Uh, they they were trying to figure out you know what was going to happen and how Ian Watson was going to set his team up. Uh, so do you think was a bit of bluff from Ian Watson in that second half?
1: No, no, I don't think so. I think what we well, just wanted to work on things, didn't he, and, and and try different things out. I know Richard Marshall was there. One of the St Helens assistant I uh, saw him in the crowd. And yeah, they're they're going to be looking at things, aren't they? But if, without being disrespectful to Salford, St Helens are pretty good anyway, aren't they? I think they'll be they'll be concentrating on their game, won't they? Really, and if, if they. You know, play their A game on, on Friday night they're going to take some beating out they're an excellent side I know you've only got to look at the um, the signings they've made they've not signed anybody have they because they've got a really good squad anyway so no I, I don't think Watto would be hiding anything from St. Helens. I don't think he's got anything to hide um, he, he was just looking at things and working on certain things and yeah, we lost the game but I said it right Warrington are a good side they've got some fantastic players there some international players they had seven or eight internationals playing in that game So, and plus they've, they've got players to, to, to come in as well like I said Gareth Widder you know, Chris Hill didn't play in that game either so they've still got other players to come back so um, it wasn't a disgrace to, to lose uh, 26 points to 10 to Warrington by, by no mean feat
0: No, no that's it I suppose you know, we got through our pre-season without any major injuries uh, which, is, which is a good thing uh, and it gives everyone, you know, game time, and you know everyone's a little bit more sharper going uh, towards that Saints game sort of at the, uh, the end of the week, which is important, obviously. You know, we need to start well, uh, and I, I don't think Ian Watson, uh, sort of this preseason, he would have done it any, any better, really. You know, like i say we've, we've played well in all the games, uh, and we've not got any injuries. Uh, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a very good preseason.
1: Yeah, I always think they really are to judge pre-season games, Robert. It's not for me. It's not all about winning the games. It's it's about getting yourself right and getting yourself tuned up because that game on the thirty first of January against St. Helens that's that's the big one. And then the game after that's the big one. So it's it, it, the games just come thick and fast now, don't they? And every you know you're only as good as your last game, aren't you? See? I didn't know how long it was going to take me to say me a little saying, but you are only <laughs> as good as your last game, aren't you? And you, know, you look at that now, and, and that's what we've got to aim for. And as soon as the St. Helens game's gone, you, you aim for the next one, don't you? And that's what it's all about now. It's not about beating Warrington, Swinton, or, or Lee in pre season games. Of course, you want to win the games because it's pride, but it's about making sure that when we go out against St. Helens, the best 17 are in that squad and they're all playing for each other. They all know the job, they all know the role they all know what they've got to do they're all working for each other and and you go into that game and give yourself the best chance you know to to win that game because Super League's is a, a tough competition isn't it you don't really, there's no hiding places and i think Toronto will find that out this time in mean, last year they were great one they were panning everybody in the in the championship because they have got a good full time squad you know they were they were better than everybody else this time they're in Super League backing up against quality opposition week in week out and i think that's where they'll find it tough and you know it's the same for us. We've not got a massive squad. But um I, I think we're gonna be okay.
0: Yeah. Only as good as your last game. I'll mark that one off the the podcast bingo.
1: Podcast bingo, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: <As> we, <laughs> waiting as for start. one of yours.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you've got to get your pens at ready because it might come shortly. Um but yeah, exciting times. Uh big thanks for your three word match reports and man of the matches. Um Sarah Volcott, Bol- um Man of the match with Sargentson or Yates. Uh, Colin Reynolds, great squad built. Um, is man of the match with Dan Sargentson. Uh, Richard Martin, decent first half. Evels. Uh, Mike Woodbridge, control first half. Sargentson. Um, Craig Haven, uh, man of the match, two-ear for me. Um, Game of two halves. Uh, Mike Singleton, bring it on. So, yeah, Sargentson seems to have cleaned up um, in the first, well, in, uh, in this. Uh, Three-word match report and man of the matches for the Warrington game, Paul.
1: Yeah, I thought Dan should played really well in that first half. I thought Hale was was decent in the second half as well. And you no, know, some of the forwards I thought, you know, Jack Alman right, did well. He showed up well against Lee. And I thought he showed up well against uh, against Warrington as well. He's I think he is gonna have a bit of a say this this season in that that pack as well. And Tyro McCarthy thought, worked really hard. Luke Yates Kevin Brown looked excellent as well when he was on the pitch. So, um, so yeah, there was an awful lot to be positive about. There were some good performances.
0: Yeah, like you said, opportunity for everybody. Uh, and I'm sure Ian Watson will have a, a real headache, uh, won't he, going into the, the Saints game on, on, on Friday on who to pick. But more about that in a minute. Uh, so that's all the big news uh, coming out of the club uh, this week, Paul. Uh, next up, we'll look at the amateur scene uh, with your amateur report.
1: Here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report It's another big one this week Quite a lot of amateur stuff But we've also got the Challenge Cup in there as well And we'll also give you the pre-season scores And I'll give you the fixtures and results fixtures rather for uh, for this weekend Super League and uh, Championship games as well but we'll start off with the Challenge Cup it was the second round on Saturday the 25th of January and there was also a game on Sunday as well but the results were as follows the British Army beat Skrullar by 17 points to 16 Great Britain Police 18 Rochdale Mayfield 19 Lee Minor Rangers 26 Upton 6 Milford 12 Ince Roadsbridge 19 Siddle 62 Ashton Bears 4 Thornhill Trojans 58 Normanton Knights 14 Underbank Rangers 28 Distington 14, West Bank Bears 18, Bentley 20, Wigan St Patrick's 10, West Hull 30, York Acorn 34, Barrow Island 14 and there's one game on the Sunday that was Sherwood, Wolf Hunt 6, West Bowling 38. The draw was made on Monday night at Rochdale Hornets, Spotland Stadium for the third round draw where the League 1 sides come in and the drawers saw up some good ties in that one as well. These games were played on the 8th and the 9th of February so a couple of weeks time. It's Workington against West Bowling, the British Army play Inns Rose Bridge, Lee Minor Rangers play Bentley, Rochdale Mayfield's reward for beating the Great Britain Police is a home tie with North Wales Crusaders, Thornhill Trojans play Doncaster, Siddle play West Hull, Barrow play London Scholars, Hunslet play Coventry, Keighley Cougars are at home to Newcastle Thunder, Rochdale Hornets play York Acorn and the West Wales Raiders play Underbank Rangers. Well, we've got a few bits and pieces in Student Rugby League. Last Wednesday, Salford Red Devils A continue their fantastic form. They are still second in the Northwest Division 1, just two points behind Warrington Wolves. They beat Carmel by 52 points to four last Wednesday. Salford University are in action this Wednesday against Leeds Trinity. And in the College Rugby League Knockout Cup, Salford Red Devils play Hull FC. There was also a bit of amateur news as well. The North will take on the South at the weekend in the final stage of England University's head coach Richard Tate and his assistant Kevin Dayton's selection process ahead of the 2020 campaign. The 5th Origin Clash will play at Loughborough University on Saturday the 1st of February with a 3pm kick-off. A mission is free for that game. There's a few uh, local players being involved as well in the North North team. There's Elias Harrison of Manchester Met, Daniel Munt of Salford, Luke Nelms of UCN Manchester and Ben Foster also of sulfur they're all involved in that and they'll be looking to get through in that trial game and get selected for England in their head, com- the forthcoming uh, campaign this season. So good luck to those guys this uh, Saturday coming. A bit of sad news in amateur rugby league this week as well. Bal are in mourning for former secretary Nigel Hollingsworth who, who passed away on Saturday the 18th of January after Long illness. Hollingworth was also a fine servant for many years of the Oldham and District League. His funeral will be held on Friday the 7th of February at noon at Hollingworth Crematorium, Roman Road in Oldham, OL83LU. So we pass on our condolences to Nigel's family. But with the season kicking off this Thursday night, the Super League season, there were some fantastic friendly matches over the weekend just gone. Thursday night, the action got underway. Warrington Wolves beat Salford by 26 points to 10 at the Hellewell Jones Stadium. On Sunday, Barrow Raiders beat Workington 28 points to nil. Whitehaven beat North Wales Crusaders 36 points to nil. On Wednesday last week, Wakefield Trinity were beat at home to Huddersfield Giants 16 points to 4. Doncaster 36 Wakefield Trinity Reserves 22 That game was played last Friday On Saturday Swinton Lions beat Warrington Wolves 16 points to 12 London Scholars were beating 40 points to 4 at home to London Broncos Friday night last week Featherstone Rovers beat Leeds Rhinos by 34 points to 22 Leeds Centurions beat Wigan 12 points to 6 last Thursday night that was another cracking match from the bits I saw there was also a really feisty derby between Keith Cougars and Sheffield Eagles a big brawl in that game and all sorts of uh, Incidents and Simbinnings But that game finished 18 points apiece At Cougar Park on Sunday Batley Bulldogs 22 Huddersfield Giants 26 Newcastle Thunder 52 Leeds Rhinos 8 Bradford Bulls 6 York City Knights 4 And that's about it I'll give you the fixtures now For the Super League And Championship Games Coming up this weekend yeah, it all kicks off on Thursday night in the Super League, Betfred Super League, 30th of January, Thursday, 7.45 kick-off. This game's live on the Sky Television. It's Wigan Warriors against Warrington Wolves. On Friday night, Hulkingston Rovers play Wakefield, Trinity, our very own Salford, Red Devils travel to St. Helens. Both those are 7.45 kick-offs. Also on Friday night, in the Betfred Championship, Dewsbury Rams play Lee Centurions with a 7.30 kick-off. There's a pre-season match between Hunslet and Leeds Rhinos. That's a 7.30 kick-off as well. On Saturday, the 1st of Feb, Catalan Dragons play Huddersfield Giants. That's a 5pm kick-off. And to lose Olympic play York City Knights that is also a 5pm because that game is live on television on the Our League app and the uh, Catalan's game I'm not sure whether the Catalan's game is on Sky or not you'll have to uh, tune in and find out Sunday the 2nd of February there's two televised games Leeds Rhinos play Hull FC at Headingley that's a 4.45 kickoff. Before that, Toronto Wolfpack play one of their home games at Emerald Heading League against Castleford Tigers. That's a 2.30 kickoff, both those games on TV as we say. And the Betfred Championship on Sunday, Batley Bulldogs play Featherstone Rovers, Bradford Bulls play London Broncos, Halifax play Sheffield Eagles, Oldham are at home to Widnes Vikings and Swinton travel to Cumbria to face Whitehaven. and all those championship games kick off at 3pm. Well that's about all I've got for you this week. Just before I leave you for a bit of fun, I've got some odds here from Betfred that are on the back of the League Express this week, actually, so to win the Grand Final, Saint Helens favourites at nine to four, Wigan three to one, Warrington four to one, Hull ten to one, Leeds eleven to one, Catalans fourteen to one, Castleford sixteen to one, Toronto twenty to one, Salford thirty-three to one, Wakefield fifty to one, Huddersfield sixty-six to one, and Hull KR sixty-six to one. So, win the league leader Shield Salford out of interest are forty one, Saints favourites at two to one. So, uh, yeah, the, the bookies aren't really backing us this season, but we'll let our rugby do the talking on the pitch. Take care, have a good week. I shall see you on Friday night at Saint Helens. But I will clash with them.
0: So, that was your Amateur Report, up Paul. Uh, and we'll finish uh, with the uh, big match preview. Looking forward to the Saints game on Friday night. It's time for the devil of the details. So, Salford travelled to St Ellens in their first game of Super League in 2020. Exciting game, a repeat of the grand final last year. You know, how exciting is all this?
1: Yeah, I think it, it's great for the club to be involved in, in a game like this. You know, it just shows you how, how our, our stock's risen, hasn't it, to be, to be chosen and, and picked in the, I suppose we picked in the, in the fixture against St. Helens, you know, the, the grand finalists and what have I mean, you, I don't know whether it's a, something to do every season, I think they, they might do, but, you know, it, our stock has risen, hasn't it, and we, you know, we're, we're playing these big matches now, and, I've looked at a lot of the predictions this week, that the rugby league press have done in, sort of, various newspapers and that, and, we've not, they've not been very kind to us really, you know, the, the odds and things like that, but, uh, but no, we're out there to prove people wrong, aren't we, it's been an awful long time since we've won this fixture and, uh, I think it's going to be a really, really tough game. It's a baptism of fire going there to play St. Helens. You know, the way they play the game, you look at the grand final, the way they played that, the amount of pace they've got on that side, the power. They're like a juggernaut, aren't they, St. Helens? With an awful lot of skill as well. So, we're going to have to be uh, be good to, uh, to stand any chance of winning this one.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a test, Paul. Um, but it's a, a test that I'm sure the lads will be up for. Because, obviously, the start of the Super League season... You want to make an impression. It's on Sky, you know, in front of the TV. cameras, if we can, you know, find a, a, another level like we did in sort of the end of end of the last season, um, you know, we could we could go to Saints and win. It's been what was it 40 years uh, since we since we beat Saints at Saints. So you know, what a great start to the season would it be if we if we managed to you know sort of kill that ghost
1: yeah it's been 40 years and 14 days Rob to the to the day I think it'll be on Friday I would say I was about it's in the previous about 14,000 and something days since we've we've last won there so uh, I've actually got the programme next to me bed from when we won there the uh, 12th of January 1980 it's been sat there for, for years that programme I have a glance at it every now and again
0: you'll be, be holding <laughs> it channeling it like you're oh, the you know, it's
1: a good look it's a little good look charm. I have like, a few little good look charms dotted around dotted round my house. But no, I think, yeah, like you say, it's it's gonna be a really, really tough game. Um but what a shot in the arm it'd give the club if we could go and win there, you know, live on sky television as well. I think if we could get a result at St Helens, it's gonna be a massive game, a massive ask. But if we could do what what a shot in the arm that'd give the, the whole club, the whole city you know, then coming back to play Toronto the week after, you know, beating the, the grand finalists and putting that forty year end to it. I think it'll make people sit up and realise, you know, that Salford aren't just a, a one season wonder. Because 'Cause I've heard that banded about a few times this week, or oh, Salford just the, the Leicester City that did, did okay and then sort of went back to 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 mid table and lower to mid table. I don't think that's the case. I think I think we deserve a bit more respect than that. Uh, but respect has to be earned in rugby league doesn't it and, and journalists and pundits are paid to do do their job aren't they and sometimes I look at them and think yeah I can see where you're coming from because we have been mediocre for that long it's hard to, to change people's minds isn't it and I know we did well last season but people are now expecting us to back that up now and we've done it before where we've had a good season and then the season after we've been bobbins haven't we so it is, it is important that we, that we respond and, and we do well again
0: the only way you change people's minds, Paul, is being consistent and doing it yeah. year, after yeah. year after year after year. Something we fail to do.
2: Exactly. Every time
0: we have a successful season, we drop off the year after. That's the big test for me this year. You know, grand final, you know, we we went two and three and four levels higher than I thought we, we could have got at this you know, could have got at that point. Now we've tasted sort of grand final, uh big game uh, occasion. You know, can the boys you know, get back to that level consistently week in, week out. So I'm sure they're hungry for it. When you get to a grand final, you know, and and enjoy the moment and enjoy the the build-up, I'm sure you you want to go back there time and time again. And, you know, these boys are good enough. You know, there's certainly some really good players in that squad. Uh, And, you know, they're all very, very, you know, exciting to watch. And, you know, this team, you know, under under Ian Watson, these next few years, you know, know, it could go anywhere. It could go up uh, to the summit again.
1: Yeah, you you bang on there, you know when you say about the, the the players sort of wanting to do that again, wanting to get to the ground final. I suppose once you've tasted that as a player and you've been to Old Trafford, like quite a lot of those players in that squad last season have never some of them have, some of them you know, likes of Flanagan and that and have played in big finals before. But it was an awful lot of those players who hadn't done, you know, likes of Chris Wellham, and that who's been a fantastic player throughout his career. But never really got to 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 a to grand final and, and things like that. And he's, he's he's got there. He'll he'll want to get to another one. You know, it's like a bit like a drug, won't it? You you've got to a final. You want to taste that again? You'll walk out in front of sixty odd thousand people and all those people themselves with there behind behind the sticks. You want to taste that again? And I suppose it's like a like a boxer once you you've fought a Manchester Arena in front of thousand people. You want to do that again, don't you? And test yourself again. So it becomes like a drug. And that's what's going to drive the players on this season, I think. Now they've, they've got to that level. Don't just want to be also doing the bottom half of the table. You want to be up there in the top five and then challenging that, that playoffs and, and going on to that grand final and challenge Cups and other you know to get to Wembley. How, how good would that be? That's what the players have got to be looking at. Well,
0: the, the, the players now know what they've got to do to get there. So in close it... games when you're playing the likes of Hulky and Uddersfield, and Wakefield, and Catalan, and it's it's a close game and there's ten minutes to go and you know your everyone's looking at each other and wondering you know is this is someone going to find something you know last year we found something the the team you know found a way of winning and that and that's and that's the important thing going forward it's about you know growing into that. And, and repeating it time and time again because if we can we can do that then obviously we we then become a, a force in, in the Super League a, a top you know three or four team uh, which grows the team grows the club and, and grows everyone involved
1: Yeah it does and we've spoke about loads of times about momentum and, and belief and togetherness and, and team spirit and that can take you a hell of a long way and did last season you've only got to look at some of the other teams in Super League last year on paper their sides were probably, you know, better than ours, and they had, had players who were getting paid an awful lot more money than our players were getting paid. But it's not all about that. It's about wanting it, and, and we did last season. And, and I think those players will want it again. You know, the guys that we brought in, we've not signed a load of superstars. Have we were coming over, you know, for the for the money. You know, the likes of Kevin Brown easier because he wants to be, could have retired and, and, and got off with a successful business but still wants to get, get something out of the sport, doesn't he? Likes of Elliot Keir, Reese Williams are coming from London, Luke Yates, they've got points to prove haven't they? they want to progress to the next level now. No disrespect to London but they want to progress at Salford and, and go on to that next level so the, we, we've signed those players haven't we? Those those ones that, that have got something to prove and are hungry. I think hunger is a, a big word for me as well. You're not just coming and, and picking up a cheque and Putting your cue on the rack because how many players have we had that, like that over the years? I'm, I don't want to be be disrespectful to any player, but we've signed blokes from, from Wigan and Saints in the past where they've had good careers and they've won trophies and then they've come to Salford and just sort of you know sort of had a rest and and that's it. want of a better word, you know what I mean though? You get you know where I'm coming from. Yeah. I think hunger's the big thing for I me.
0: Mean. Things are with Ian Watson. It's a culture that he's building that the club isn't like that anymore. We look, no. we look back and we think, yeah, that's what it was like. But now this, there's no complacency here. They're all, they're all switched on and, and want to be. They want to be part of a, this team that that became, you know, the the next big team in the Salford so Devils history books. People talk about you know the Gus Risman years. They talk about uh, uh, David Watkins and, and the seventies. And you know this team, if it continues to progress the way it has done over the last couple of years you know, it could be, you know, matching them, other teams for achievements and they want to be part of that because obviously, you know, sport can be quite, sort of doesn't forgive very well, does it? It's very quick, history just rolls on. Uh, But, you know, a team like us, if we're able to to get to a grand final uh, again, but win it this week, win it this time or or win a a Challenge Cup uh, final, you get extra in history and that will never be forgotten, Uh, you know, being a soccer fan.
1: No, no, and I think the way he was going, I think he could be getting etched in, in history. I, I think he already will be, but you know he's, he's been there a while now. He could be he could be one of our longest-serving coaches soon, couldn't he? Though, the amount of time he's been there now, and you know if he can get some success and, and, and win a trophy, you know, you know he would be etched in history. As I say, so, uh, so yeah, it's uh, he's, he's looking good.
0: Yeah, um, looking through this Saints team, Paul, some very good players. Uh, you got Koo. You've got Wormsley, you've um, got um, Percival, you know, all very good players, um, it's going to be a big test, full of internationals, but well, you don't expect anything less than Saints?
1: No, not at all, they've got a few players out injured, I believe, <clears throat> excuse me, Tommy Makings I don't think he's playing, James Robe is not playing, so, <clears throat> Excuse me. They, they'll they'll be a miss for Settlers, but what they've got they, they've got explosive pace all over the park, haven't they? they've got so much power in the forwards and such an exciting team to watch. I don't know. They've lost the the, the coach in uh, Justin Albrook, They've got Christian Wolfe, the new coach. So when you look at him, he's he's got a tough job really because last season they got to the Challenge Cup final, they finished top of the table, and the lead leaders shield by quite a long way, and then went and won the grand final. So. Christian Wolf's come in and you know he's on a bit of an idle to nothing really because it, those St. Helens supporters will be demanding he does just as, as well as Justin Albert. So, really, you've got to win the league, otherwise, you're a failure. So, he's got it all to, to, to prove there. So, it, it's going to be tough for St. Helens to, to match that, um, that sort of consistency they had last season, but they've got the squad to do it. They definitely have. But it's like I've looked at predictions this week and thought, I don't know how people can make, you know, predict a league table because you don't really know how it's going to go. You know, before the season starts, I mean, I've done my prediction. I'm in a Prediction League on, on Facebook with um, a couple of lads on there and um, I've just done mine tonight. And It's so difficult predicting round one because you haven't got a clue really how, how things are going to go because how's, how's Huddersfield going to go? How's OK how are going to go? Everyone's saying they're going to be down in the bottom. You don't really know, dear, until the ball's kicked. So it's really, really exciting. But I'm expecting St. Louis to be good again and I think they'll be good on, on Friday night and we'll get tested in that game we will throw the kitchen sinkers because that's the way they play. So we've got to be good. We've got to be solid in defence, goal line defence and scrambling defence. We've all got to work for each other. And then when we do get our opportunity, you've got to take it because as we found in the grand final, it seems like St. Helens, you don't get an awful lot of chances, do you? And when you do get a chance, you've got to take it.
0: Uh, give us your score prediction. Your first score prediction is 20-20. Uh, St.
1: Helens, 18. 18. Let's go for 22.
0: 1822. Any backstory to that or just eighteen twenty
1: two? Um, Chris Weller scored score the winning track.
0: Welland to score the winner. Welland. i like to write him down, you see, see if it anything if, if it comes in. <laughs> <laughs> um I'm gonna go. Um Saint six uh Salford thirty thirty three so yeah. Saints 6, 0 for 33. Uh, what well,
1: have you had for your tea? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: About like
1: ten pounds a guinea.
0: <laughs> <laughs> feeling confident that we're, that we're going to turn off at Saints and, and blow them out of the water really. Right. what we do. Okay. It'll be a Kevin Brown masterclass. Right. Um, maybe two will here to drop a goal. Make it 33 at the end. Okay. Salted to in front of the Sky cameras, that'd be a big statement wouldn't it to win 33-6. That'd put that. It, big... it, it,
1: it would, yeah. If we if we beat them 33-6, Rob, we never mind the Nandos I'm gonna take you. Where can I take you? Oh, I'm gonna to have to think of something good now. I take you to like the Hilton or something, or the Ivy in Manchester. Yeah. <laughs> if we win <laughs> 33-6, I'll buy on... you beer all
0: night as well. Oh yeah, listening boys, make it happen for me. Make
1: it.
0: <laughs> so yeah, you know I'm I'm confident we'll, we'll we'll go there and get a result. You know three good pre-season games. Uh, the boys are fired up, and I've got a funny feeling. Obviously, with the good news about Ian Watson's contract extension, it's uh, positive vibes coming out. We'll go. We've we'll got the Saints and win. So that's our our prediction poll for the for the Saints game. Looking at the whole of the Super League, um, obviously you said you were in your prediction league. Um, yeah. it's difficult to pick who you think is gonna gonna be sort of the, the front runners and who's gonna be down near the bottom. Um, but I I I'll tell you who I think it's gonna struggle. I I've got cool. a feeling Catalan might struggle. Right. Because you were pretty you were pretty poor last year, weren't they? Towards the back end. Yeah. And, and with this Israeli Falau signing, um, you know that's not gonna do many favors for, for in the rugby league community. He's a good um, player, though. He is a good player, this is true. Um, and I can understand why people are upset about what, why he's signed. Um, but I've lo- I've, what I'd love to know is what the people of Catalan think. There's a lot of people on Twitter are raging about it, but nobody. I, mean, I, haven't seen a, I haven't seen a Catalan Dragons fan opinion on it yet. Mm. Like it's pretty hard to find one. Even though we get like 10,000 at home, they're not on yeah. the- and I think don't
1: regarding, yeah, regarding Falao, I mean, if he does the business for him every week, I don't think they're going to bother what he says. I mean, I know there's like a sort of moral thing and all, and all that, but there's people who get paid an awful lot of money at the RFL and Super League and all that, and that's up to them for the decision they make. If, if he signs for Catalan, you've just got to go along with it, We're not in charge, are we? So one thing is he's a super player um, when I've seen him play. So and they've also got James Maloney as well don't forget he was a very very good halfback um, and I think that's what they lacked last season so if they can get their halfbacks to jail um, I think they'll do they'll do okay they've got a good they've always got a good pack of forwards and they're always difficult to beat in the south of France aren't they especially in the, when the, the weather gets warm so I'm not so sure about it I, I think Catalan will, will do okay they pushing for the top five mm. I think my league table I, I've gone for Wigan and St. Helens to be up uh, there I think Saint Helens bit up there because they're very consistent um, and they're a good side at home, and they've got the same squad as last year. and I can't see them dipping off. I think Wigan will be be good, not just because of Jackson Hastings. I think they they've got a decent squad. Um, they've signed some good players as well as Hastings. You know, Bibby's there. That Bevan French looked good last season. They've got Burgess as well. They've got a, 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 they've got a lot of good youngsters there as well. Haven't they? They've got a lot of riches to pick from if they, they struggle. There. Um, I think Warrington will be good as well. Just just for the size of the squad, got quite a lot of quality throughout the squad. I know an awful lot of people keep saying Hull are going to do well. I'm not sure about Hull. I don't know. They always seem to be. They always seem to flatter to deceive to me. They you know they all go on about this big name, this big city, and that. Like, I don't. I don't know. I always feel a bit shortchanged by them. Um, I suppose the one for me is Castleford. They've really done well, haven't they? The last sort of five or six years. Are they going to be as good this time?
0: I'll I, I see where you're coming from with the likes of Castleford and Hull they're kind of used to being in that sort of playoff bubble aren't they and mm. if you're in it every time and you're not strengthening and you're not progressing then is is, is the motivation still there, is the hunger still there so then mm. the likes of Castleford and Hull that's why sometimes they do drop off because they, they're they not able to, to raise the game um, You know when, when it really matters we've had a quick chat about Catalan and, and their issues field sort of a, sort of a niggly team. Huddersfield, aren't they? you know, it's, it's one of them. They'll be, I think, they'll be near the bottom, near the top. Hawkingston Rovers, Rovers, um, you know, they're they're another team that that might struggle. Leeds is a Leeds is a bit of a weird one. Uh, not signed, sort of anybody that that jumps out of me. I think they're going to catapult themselves back up to the sort of the top of, of the Super League. Uh, but they had a, a big team and a, a big crowd and. A big expectancy level, isn't it, Headingley Um, to to be at the top. So, how long can Leeds Rhinos not be competing in, in, in the Super League and, and, the, and the Challenge Cup? That's the big question. Uh, Settle the mm-hmm. Settlers, you know, Super Saints. Um, Toronto. That's another. That's another strange one. First game in Super League. Um, it's going to be interesting how how they uh, manage sort of the situation having to travel back from Toronto every couple of weeks. Uh, Especially with a small
1: squad as well, they've not got a very big squad, have they?
0: No, no, that's another thing. You know, I I've been to playing different sort of own games until they get the chance to play uh, in Toronto. Um, Sonny Bill Williams, fantastic uh, player, but he is thirty four. You know, as you know, all the money spent on him. Um, you know, like you said, paper thin squad. Would that money have been better spent, sort of making putting more? Well, yeah,
1: in the squad? yeah. The the thing is with Sonny Bill Williams he's a back rower. He's not like, um, like we had Jack Hayes last year. Last year, did an awful lot of good things for us, didn't we? You know, creating things and you know, winning matches for you with match-winning plays. Sonny Williams, the back row forward, um, is is he going to be a match winner for you? I'm not too sure. He's a good player. He was a good player at rugby league last time he played it, but is he going to get? Is he going to be in the position to win matches for for Toronto? I'm not too sure. You, you probably could have spent that money wisely spreading it around the squad, strengthening your squad. So I hope he does well for them. And as long as it's not against us, I'm not, I'm not bothered. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, that is a strange one. I think with the size of their squad, and you know they, they were used to, as I said before in the podcast, they were used to blasting everybody last season. Well, they, a lot of sides went over there and had visa problems and couldn't take their full squad over there or in the Championship with part-time players as well or they got jobs. It was difficult. I remember Barrow going over there. I think they only took about 15 players or something because they really struggle. So Toronto had the advantage last year, whereas this year they're like the new the new boys, aren't they, in, in the big school? And and how are they going to go on? So um, I think they'll hold their own. I think they'll they'll be decent at home, won't they, in Toronto? But I don't know. It's very very hard to predict. And I know you mentioned OKR. That was a tough side to beat at Craven Park, though, aren't they, on their own ground? They've they've got they made some good signings. Um, they've signed Sean Kenny-Dowell as a quality player and they already had some decent players in the squad as well so I think they'll be difficult to beat Huddersfield as well I mean if you, if we were Huddersfield supporters now sat talking we might be saying we're going to go under the radar this season we're going to be the Salford of last season so you normally get a club like that don't you No, nobody fancies but they have a decent season and are Huddersfield going to be that, going to be that team I'm not sure it's going to be really interesting really exciting Wakefield how are they going to go? I mean, last season they had a fantastic start, didn't they? Remember when we went away from home, play, Wakefield? I think they were third in the table and knocking everybody off. And their season just seemed to capitulate, didn't they? They struggled really towards the end. So how are they going to go on? It's going to be uh, going to be exciting.
0: Yeah, Wakefield a lot of injuries off at the moment. did, you? yeah, yeah. Which might be a problem. But kind of Wakefield are in that sort of same transition as us, where they're going from the club that always fighting for the line to a club that. Sort of in the in the playoff positions, and it seems like when they get safe, they switch off, which is which is what we don't do at the moment, which is a, a positive for us.
1: Um, yeah, they have got some quality players in the squad. But you feel like you say they did struggle with injuries last year. You know, Tom Kingston was was awfully unlucky, wasn't he? With with his injury that missed most of the season. With and uh, Bill Tupu got injured as well, and amongst others. So I think once when they've got a fully fit squad out. They're a decent side they're always difficult to beat at Bellevue. I mean, we never win there, do we? We have a terrible record. Man. So, so yeah, I, I wouldn't like to say who's going to finish bottom of Super League. I really wouldn't. I think it'd be disrespectful of me to say that, but I wouldn't like to say who, such a is going to get relegated because I, I don't think you can tell until you've played about six six to ten games.
0: Yeah. Uh, Warrington, it's always their year, isn't it, Warrington? So, they'll probably end up in playoffs um and then Wigan like you said Jackson Hastings can he transition from being a a big fish in a small pond to a, a medium-sized fish in a big big sea that's that's the big thing for me Wigan are a good side they've got you know some great players um can he, can he fit into that sort of the environment and take Wigan to the next level took us to a to a grand final um with a with the help from everyone else working hard behind him Um who knows what might happen at Wigan?
1: Um, I'd like to think he can do well at Wigan because he's a good player um, I wouldn't like to say oh no he's not going to do anything there I think he will do because you know, class is, is, is permanent really and you'll take that wherever you go won't you so uh, I'm pretty sure what he does well will rub off on the rest of those players at Wigan and I think working around you know, quality international players that Wigan have got will only benefit Jackson Aces won't? That, that's nothing instrumental to the players we had last season but he's going to be working with some some top players there as well so I think he'll do well at Wigan I, I, I really do I think one player I think will do well at Wigan as well is Jake Bibber um, I was gutted when we, with Jake leaving Salford I thought it was great watching him progress wasn't it through our youth sort of academy and, and coming into the first team Real shame that we lost him but I hope he has a fantastic season at Wigan he was a Wigan lad and I believe he scored a couple of tries in one of the pre-season games of the week, so it'll be good to see 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 how he goes there. But no, I think we're going to be up there, there thereabouts.
0: Yeah, it's going to be exciting Super League 2020. Been a long time coming, Paul, but it's arrived on our doorstep, and we're all super excited about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let's go, uh, let's go to St. Islands and get this 40-year monkey off our backs eh, and uh, and put them to bed. I think that'd be be absolutely outstanding if we can do that. We'll really take a big crowd with us on on Friday night, and I'm sure the atmosphere will be electric.
0: Yeah, so that's the end of this week's uh, Devil The Detail podcast. Another great show to kickstart the 2020 season, Paul.
1: Yeah, it all begins again, doesn't it? Really excited, We're really looking forward to it, doing our reports and, uh, and this and the other. It uh, do not feel like we've had any time off either, does it? But no, I'm excited for Friday.
0: Yeah, big thanks for tuning to this week's uh, Devil The Detail podcast. i am Brian around Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil The Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at the ITV SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. So, thanks for listening. I'm going to see you next week. You happy with that, mate?
1: Yeah, sound, yeah.